Hi, this is Mark Mohammedpour, and welcome to Chasing the Sun, the show designed to help you, the public relations, communications, or marketing professional, learn how to live your best life so you can incorporate health and wellness, reduce stress, grow in your career, and thrive. You can reach me at mark, M-A-R-K, at chasingthesunpdx.com. Find me on Instagram or Twitter at markmo, M-A-R-K-M-O-H, or visit my website at chasingthesunpdx.com. Today, we talk to William Carreri, who is a college student at Temple University out in Philadelphia. William and I have gotten to know each other quite a bit over the last year as part of a mentor-mentee relationship through PRSA and PRSSA. I will say, though, that sometimes I feel like I'm the mentee and, and William's the mentor. We just have this incredible bond, and I asked him to come on to talk about his college experience how his education life experiences have, have led him to the path where he's interested in pursuing, which is law school, focus on intellectual property law. Uh, key takeaways from a recent conference he and I were both at, the impact of mentorship, advice he has for, for college students and new professionals. And we talk a little bit about the semicolon in, in a way that is a, a little different than you might think. I really appreciate his time. I appreciate his candor. I appreciate his... Um, ability to look at life in a way that I think a lot of us need to. And I look up to him and I just so much appreciate William for your time. Okay. With us this week is William Carreri from Temple University. Hi, William. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. You and I just spent a few days together in sunny San Diego for the PRSSA and PRSA conference. And this was just the, the latest of, I, I think, a, a year-long and, and ongoing uh, friendship and mentor-menteeship that you and I have had. And it's just been wonderful getting, getting to know you. And I just appreciate uh, our friendship. And I definitely wanted to, to have you on this week. So I'm super excited. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, William, for our audience, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your time at Temple, your role with uh, PRSSA, and what interests you about our profession? Sure. So, I'm a current senior at Temple University. I'm a transfer student. I, Before coming to Temple, I received my associate's degree from Northampton Community College, and it was there where I studied communication studies, which was very rhetoric-based, theory-based. And then I transferred to Temple to a public relations major where it's very hands-on, very practical. And so I've kind of gotten the best of both worlds over the last couple of years. And oh, it didn't take long um, once I got to Temple to get involved in PRSSA. I was um, immediately drawn to Prowl Public Relations, which is our student-run public relations firm, and it that's where I spend most of my time. Uh, I started out as an account associate, moved my way up through a junior account executive, and now I'm the assistant firm director, or one of the assistant firm directors. Congratulations. Thank you. And so, yeah, uh, just finishing up my, uh, my bachelor's degree in public relations and uh, kind of waiting to see what happens next. Well, that's great, William. I'll tell you, as someone who's an undergraduate to have experienced all that in that amount of time is incredible. And I'm very proud of my education at, at the University of Portland. It's a liberal arts school. 
I had one public relations course and that was kind of what made it or, or, or broke it for me. And that was going to be my one test. And I had a couple internships, but I was fortunate enough to do well enough to get, uh, you know, to, to, to start my career in PR. I, I think the fact that you and other uh, schools that are part of PRSSA have such a leg up on the experience that you have, the fact that you have an in-house agency, it's just amazing. Can you talk about what you've learned, how that's helped you get to, to where you're at while still wrapping up your degree? Sure. So I've kind in terms of my internships, I've dabbled a lot. I had one internship that was at my old community college. And so that was in-house in higher education. I had an internship at a local nonprofit in South Jersey. Um, and I had another internship in a boutique public relations firm. And even that was smaller than what I'm currently in with Prowl. And so being even in an agency, you could see a lot of the differences between a boutique firm and Prowl, which currently has 38 members, I believe. Wow. Um, and it's just a lot different even from agency to agency that I've learned. And specifically with Prowl, I mean, we deal with clients both on the Temple University campus, but also with nonprofits and for-profit companies outside within the Philadelphia area. And so just experiencing a wide range of clientele has been very helpful. And um, it's really been, I, I want to say eye-opening a little bit to uh, just exactly what else is out there in terms of the PR industry, because the PR industry is so broad and they all require their own individual specialties. And so just kind of having that opportunity to expand my own knowledge and, you know, seeing other people uh, be drawn to other sub uh, subcategories of public relations has been very enjoyable. Absolutely. And I definitely want to talk about what's next for you because as we've talked recently, you've, you're going on a, on an amazing, but a very specific path. And I definitely want to talk about that. What, going back to your internships and your time at Prowl, what advice do you have for students who either are, are very new in their undergraduate career, perhaps high school students looking to pursue public relations? You've started, you've been a part of a number of internships. You started at Prowl. What advice do you have for those who are looking to find an internship? How did you secure so many in, in such a short amount of time? I, that's interesting question because a lot of my internships, all of my internships were not traditionally obtained. So I didn't apply online using an application. I still submitted resumes to people, but it wasn't through uh, mass uh, networks or anything like that. My first internship um, actually came a little, it's an interesting story. I was at <laughs> And I was at a networking dinner at my college where you were taught how to network. It was my first opportunity networking. And I had come in contact with uh, someone who I hadn't known yet. And she asked me some questions about what I was pursuing. And I told her communications and she said, oh, what do you think about the college's social media platforms? And mm -hmm. I told her I wasn't very happy with it. And I think that we could have done a lot better way to you know, touch base with the student population. And she said, well, that's my job. 
I'm the one who oh. runs social media for the camp for the college. Um, <laughs> and why don't you come down and work with us this summer then to see what we can do better? Wow. And other than did your stomach, did you, did you, yeah, did you stomach churn a little bit at all when she said that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so after I got past the embarrassment, I um I told her that I would love to come down, and that was my first internship working internal for a public information office at a university. Wow. Yeah, and so, um, going back to your question about advice, I think a lot of the time students, there are two types of students: the students who feel they are not doing enough, and the students that feel like they don't have the experience yet to try and tackle internships and both can be dangerous. So this to the students who feel like they're not doing enough, odds are you probably are. And it's don't try and force work or try and force specific PR internships. If you find an internship in even a, a similar realm, like maybe advertising or marketing, you don't need to stick to public relations all the time. And don't be afraid to try and expand your own worldview in cases like that. And to the students who feel like they don't have the knowledge yet to obtain an internship, again, odds are you you probably do. And even if you don't have, a, you know, a wide range of knowledge compared to your peers, you know, you can always obtain that on the job. And what companies and what firms or in-house are looking for is a passion. If you have a passion for PR and a willingness to learn, they are going to take you over someone who is rigid in their, in their mindset and necessarily feel like they know everything. And so, you know, you, depending on the student, odds are like, you just need to kind of trust yourself and take different opportunities. Don't, you know, push so hard or just kind of let it all come naturally. Yeah. You, you've seen me, we're, we're for the audience, we're doing video chat and I think William has been seeing me nodding like the last <laughs> three minutes as he's given his response because I am agreeing with every single thing that you're saying. I, I think passion and, and showing that you care and be an advocate is the most important thing of course, you have to be an excellent writer. You have to be an excellent communicator. You have to have specific hard skills. But a lot of things can be taught. You cannot buy passion. You can't buy advocacy. You, you, you just can't buy somebody who's going to say, I, I support this brand. I support this person. I support this cause. And that is essential. I think you're absolutely right. Finding a diverse set of experiences and coming in and looking at the relationships and looking how you can solve problems. And I think learning that over time is, is really key. Well, you've, you've, you've touched a couple times in your response just now about kind of the pressure that, that students have and continuing to push themselves and trying to do everything that they can to help set them up for success. And I, I'd love for the audience to, to get a sense because this, you know, our, our audience is, you know, students, new professionals, managers, executives, all levels. I, I'd love for the audience to get your thoughts. First person, as a student, as an undergrad, 2019, not saying you represent every college student, but what's, what's the state of mind? What do you talk to your friends about? What do you talk to your peers about in our profession as, as it relates to kind of the mental aspect and uh, you know, what, 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 what might our audience might 
need to know or don't know already? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question because students today are a lot different than students years ago, a couple of generations ago, especially in PR and journalism, just because of the 24-hour news cycle and with social media, it has changed our profession a lot. And we're more or less, I don't want to say expected, but there is some kind of responsibility felt for always being available, always being at your phone to answer a phone call or text or email. And so if, I mean, I personally work every night until roughly 2 a.m. That's kind of when I end my day, around 2 a.m. And it for a lot of students, it it can go later. I know some students who work until four or five in the morning, just getting work done, because especially with colleagues like mine, we have internships, we have full time jobs, we have sometimes numerous of these on top of schoolwork, extracurriculars. It's it all piles on, and so ha- balancing those responsibilities is really difficult, and when you when trying to think of a better way to say this but when we get together a lot of it is just trying to calm our each other down Mm -hmm. we get together it's really kind of an emotional um release a lot of the time where we just kind of need to rant for a few minutes about our days and we start to feel better but um it's students have definitely seen an increase in stress specifically in you know the communication industry um, because you never know when that phone call is going to come maybe there was a crisis at your firm maybe there's something that didn't get passed through edits with a higher up individual who was checking press releases and you need to get that press release out asap Mm -hmm. and there's something holding it up that doesn't change and having to balance that on top of meeting deadlines for classes, it just all piles on. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, for me, at least, I wasn't always a uh, very involved individual. Um, I started my collegiate career five years ago, so I'm a fifth year senior because I spent three years in community college. But my first year was spent going to class, going home. I wasn't mm-hmm. involved at all. I didn't have any desire for internships or anything like that. And it started with just one person asking me, Hey, would you, I think it was a professor who asked me, would you consider being an orientation leader at the college? And I guess the professor saw something in class that I didn't, but just that one connection led to another, which led to another. And then it it was very gradual, but, uh, I think a lot of the time people who say, oh, I need all these internships. I just don't have time or I'm worried I'm not doing enough. For someone like me, I started on the complete opposite side of the spectrum and it's not always the case. And so, again, going back to advice for students, it's you you have the opportunity to grow. Sometimes you, you can just take that time. Absolutely. What role do you think people who are professionals who are, are mentoring or working with college students, what, what, can, what can they do to help students put that in perspective as well? 
I was talking about this with um, a colleague of mine at the conference, but for communicators, we're we're excellent at communicating, but we're often terrible at communicating with each other. Yeah. And I think we just need to have that open dialogue about our responsibilities and our expectations of one another and be understanding of where each other are coming from. We each have our own responsibilities, our own stories behind us. And when we can share enough about that to give each other a better understanding, I think it makes us all work better together. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, talk about, let's, let's talk a little bit about PRSSA and what you do and the value that you, you, you get out of it. Um, because I, I think some people in our audience are, are familiar with PRSA and the student version of that PRSSA, but uh, I'd love to hear your, your firsthand account of it. And then we just got back from San Diego for the, the annual conference. I'd love your thoughts on your key takeaways and what you're going to be implementing going forward. Yeah. So when, when I first got to Temple and joined our, our university chapter, it was a very welcoming group of people. It was people who have never had an internship. There were people who had five under their belt. It was a very wide range of students. And our chapter does a very great job at tailoring everything to different students. And so we do agency tours, we do workshops, we have guest speakers, and it's the way they set it up is anyone can take value from it. You can, anyone can take something away from it. It's not PR 101. It's things that we are not getting in our standard classes, which I think PRSA chapters all over the country are doing, which is giving some practical experience or some practical knowledge more than just this is public relations. Um, and I saw that a lot at the conference when interacting with other chapters, other organizations, that we're all kind of in different places professionally or as students. And one of the biggest things we need to do is kind of tailor it so each student has the same opportunity as the next. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I think there's a lot that can be done going forward in particular to connect PRSSA and, and PRSA. One of the things I've already talked to uh, our chapter of PRSA Oregon about is, is um, talking about with our local PRSSA chapters at University of Oregon and Washington State University of Vancouver. And there's a lot that I think our PRSA members can learn from PRSSA and mm -hmm. I, I'm talking about doing some programming where the PRSSA folks are teaching us about social networks like TikTok and um, building a brand online and things that students are already learning and, and, and putting together as part of their, uh, their coursework, but also as part of their internships and things like that, that I think our members from PRSA could find a lot of value in. It would solve a few problems. It would it, it would um, it would open the door for a few opportunities to get PRSSA folks to engage with PRSA members to give them um, opportunities to present and also, frankly, just help educate PRSA members on things that we may not be living through day in to day out. I think it's a win win win. It's definitely something that I'm focusing on, and um, I think where you're where you're what you just said aligns 
a lot to that. And so, um, because there's a lot of knowledge sharing that, that goes on and it's, it's really key. I, I want to talk to you. I want to shift gears a little bit and, and talk about mental health and, and physical health. This is a, a huge part of our podcast. It's a huge part of chasing the sun. Uh, you presented at TEDx, uh, I believe it was a year ago. Is that accurate? A couple of years ago. Uh, that was in this past spring. This past spring. April. Yeah. So it's about six months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for you to, to, to talk a little bit about that, talk about what the semicolon means to you and the, the impact that, um, you know, mental health has had in your life and how you're trying to make it a priority and, and how it's helping you live your best PR life. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to um, be allowed the platform to speak at TEDx Temple U and my talk was about the importance of sharing your story. And a lot of it was revolving around my story as someone who has dealt with anxiety and depression for, I want to say I started seeing signs when I was in sixth grade. That's when I started to see the signs of anxiety and depression. Um, But I also just talk about everyone and how, because we all have different backstories it's important to share it for a number of reasons. And one of the key things that I talk about is the semicolon tattoo. And if you're unaware of what the semicolon tattoo is, it was a movement created by Amy Poole back in, I want to say 2013. Um, but a semicolon in, in English, you know, grammatically is when an author could have ended the sentence, but chose not to, it cho- they chose to continue on with the sentence. And it has been used as a metaphor for mental health and as a way to keep pushing for people with depression. It's kind of a reminder, you know, you don't have to end your story. You can keep going. And so I have my semicolon tattoo on my wrist. It's something I see countless times a day as a reminder. Um, But it's also a connection to other people with semicolon tattoos, but it's also a conversation starter. I get a lot of questions about it. Most often is, wow, you must really like grammar, huh? Which, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is fine, which it, it allows me to open up and allows yeah. me to share a little bit of my story and kind of the importance of mental health. So it is a great conversation starter as well. Um, but going on with the talk and how my story specifically, and I won't go into too much detail, but I am a two-time suicide attempt survivor. And I'm very vocal about that for a couple of reasons. But I think a lot of people, uh, specifically with the stigma of mental health, at least when I was in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I was told that people who attempt suicide are just seeking attention. And that stigma has been around for a long time. And it's something we're still trying to break. Yeah. But um, I think when we talk about it, those stigmas go away. A suicide is still very much taboo in, in the United States and all over the world. But I think when we talk about it, we're able to learn, oh, they're not seeking attention. There actually is something going on here. And it's important to have that conversation, not just for the person on the receiving end, learning about depression and what we're going through, but also on the sender on us, because 
it when we share our story it kind of creates some sort of validity it it kind of makes it feel more real it's not just in our head we're actually saying it it's it's becoming something more than just thoughts yeah william thank you for sharing that i think um it's brave is too soft of a word it this is um this is appreciate it that that you that you share that and that you uh, made the choice to live that you made the choice to put the semicolon literally and figuratively in your life and thank you for leading a discussion on this and and being very 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 public because i think it's important that we need to have a lot of voices around this in general and but it's also respecting that people are dealing with stuff day in and day out this is this is definitely something that i've learned over the last few months since launching this company and talking to people everybody is dealing with something very serious and it's just respecting that it's giving people grace it's it's just understanding that everybody has different levels of of things that they're dealing with and we, we need to have that perspective uh, first and foremost on a more regular basis and so i a lot of that comes with hearing stories from you and from others that have been very public about it so thank you um what resources would you say for our audience would be good to to have in case um, they're having some serious issues and they need to talk to somebody what what would you what what would you recommend off the top of your head for college students specifically Universities do have resource centers, but I understand, especially with a large university like I'm attending, we have 40,000 students at Temple. Um, the resource center can get overcrowded. It's often difficult to get an appointment. And wow. so that ultimately <laughs> stops becoming an option after a while, which is, wow. which is difficult. But at the same time, it's, it's 40,000 students. A university yeah. can only supply so much help. Yeah. Um, so, you know, both sides of the coin, you could see where they're coming from. But beyond that, if things get really bad, you always have resources um, like the suicide prevention hotline if you're having difficulties. But I found my biggest resource has been my peers. And, you know, if it's weekly, if it's biweekly, however often I need it, sitting down with a couple of friends that I know are also struggling just talking about how we're feeling, it immediately becomes kind of a weight off our shoulders. It makes it feel like there's a sense of community, which I would say if you're looking for community, don't necessarily go online because there's always going to be people on Reddit and on Twitter and on yeah. Facebook who are going to be you know, non-sensitive to how you're feeling. So really yeah. trying to find groups local to you and talk in person, even if it's just one person, you know, you're, you're all in this together. Yeah. And so that has been my main resource for seeking help. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you have it. And I, I imagine um, when you're going to a school that, that has limited resources, even if it has an incredible number of resources, if it's tapped out, I imagine that there's an opportunity for students right when they're coming to school to be aware that there are alternative options and they almost need to know that as they're, as their plan B, if, if, right. you know, something doesn't, if, if appointments are, are booked in the, um, in the school. So thank you for sharing that. 
Um, looking ahead to your career and your life, you're going to be graduating soon. Um, talk about over the last year since you and I first first chatted, your your career and where you're going has evolved a little bit. And it's been really exciting seeing this day to day and uh, talking to you over the weekend about where you're headed. And talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about your journey that is, is getting to you to where you're at. And I think advice for, you know, for students who are you know, maybe perhaps a little overwhelmed with the different options out there. Um, <laughs> what was your, what was your process like and to, to where you're, you're, you're really focusing on something very specific, a niche, but it's an incredible niche and um, I'd love for you to share that. Yeah, absolutely. So when we first met, I had the intention of specializing in branding specifically because I always found myself to be, aside from being a gifted writer, um, I have a lot of experience with graphic design and art. And so I kind of wanted to incorporate that into branding. But this past summer, um, I interned in Portland for um, Kathy Armias, who's a very gifted public speaker and a public speaker coach. And I worked with her and I came in originally as a branding intern, personal branding intern. But while I was there, I was exposed a little to intellectual property. And it, it, was, a, it was a topic I was somewhat com uh, familiar with, um, but I hadn't really known what the day-to-day -day of an intellectual property lawyer was. And through talking with her and with a few others out in Portland, I kind of fell in love with this sub field of something that isn't really very related to public relations specifically, but media as a whole, which has been something I've studied for the last couple of years. And I've decided that I want to go to law school and pursue my law degree in specializing in intellectual property law and kind of taking a different path and using my knowledge of PR in a different way. And going back to what you said about students who feel a little overwhelmed with all the options, or even students who feel like they have to stick in public relations because they're getting a public relations major. Um, it's, there's so many options out there. And even if you want to go and shadow someone for a day, or if you just want to grab lunch with somebody or call them on the phone and, you know, take that approach. You know, there are a lot of options there and, um, you know, you really can take advantage of it all. Don't feel like you have to wait until an internship to learn about a certain topic. You can wait and just talk to a professional about it. So over the last couple of weeks, I've met with a few intellectual property lawyers. I've met with some law professors to try and narrow down the path that I want to take over the next year or so. So I decided that after graduation, I'm going to take at least a year off to begin working, um, whether that's internal at a law firm or just internal at a large organization. Um, I'm going to prepare for my LSATs and um, more or less ease into get some real world experience beyond just my internships and freelance work. And um, yeah, take it take it to the next step over the next couple of years. That's great. And I, that's an incredible example of 
somebody who isn't afraid to go outside those walls of public relations. I think the way that it's been defined in the past has to be a little bit rewritten, at least from the the definition side, that's never going to change. It's about the relationships, but from the tactical and the impact that we have with businesses, that's evolved a lot in the role that we have and the skills that you've learned as an undergrad, it is understanding that that can apply in a number of places. And I, I think you've done an incredible job in, in looking at that. And I'll say all the people that you've talked to, all the discussions that you've had, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but I imagine that everybody was very willing to talk to you, to give their time. They, they want to help. Is that, would that be accurate? Yeah, absolutely. And um, this piece of advice was given to me last year in the fall by, um, by a keynote speaker. But when you're going out and asking or you're interested in someone to talk to, you need to be completely upfront with them. Don't pedal around saying, oh, I'd love to grab coffee with you. You need to be very specific saying, I'd like to talk to you about blank because they're going to say, okay, I can definitely help this person out in this topic. Or if I can't, I'm going to try and refer them to someone who can. If they might not necessarily be willing to just meet with you to beat around the bush. They want to know exactly what you're after. And when you and I met, I had a a similar approach. Um, I said, I emailed you, like it was a cold email. And I said, Hey, my name is Will Carreri. I'm a senior public relations major at Temple. And um, I, and I explained why I wanted to talk to you. Yep. And I think whenever I do that for anybody, it really opens up a little bit of a transparency and more people, you'll find it more willing, more people are willing to talk to you solely based on that alone. Absolutely. And he did that and it was able to, to guide the conversation because I, I think everybody wants to help. It's just, it takes time to prepare for that conversation. It, you want to spend the most, you want to maximize that time to mm-hmm. talk about the right thing. If you come to me and say, I'm really interested in digital or social or internal comms or media relations or none of that or something else, we can spend, we can maximize that time to talk about that topic. And I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Going in when you're, when you're asking somebody for a specific item, get as granular as you can. And uh, you're absolutely right. And you've, you've taken that excellent advice. <laughs> William, this has been a wonderful conversation. I just so appreciate your time. Is there anything else that you think our, our audience should know? I, th- I think I've covered everything that I've uh, thought is necessarily, we touched a lot on mental health, which is yeah. the, ma- the main aspect of um, me wanting to come on and talk. Yeah. But we also touched on just student advice in general. And um, I hope whoever's listening was able to get something from it. Yeah, I think they absolutely will. William, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for um, your semicolon and the contributions that you've made and the contributions you you will make it's it's going to uh reap a lot of rewards for our community and thank you so much for your time thank you for having me on wasn't that just awesome william thank you so much for your time thank you so much for your semicolon thank you so much for your new outlook on life and just pay it forward i'm going to do the same and I look forward to seeing your journey continue. 
So this is Mark Mohammedpour, Chasing the Sun. Reach me at M-A-R-K at ChasingTheSunPDX.com. I want to work with you, the public relations, communications, and marketing professional. Live your best life. I offer group coaching, one-on-one workshops. I'm helping people all around the country how to reduce stress, incorporate exercise into their work day, and make themselves a priority. This is my mission. I'm on Instagram or Twitter at Markmo, M-A-R-K-M-O-H. Reach me at ChasingTheSunPDX.com. Thank you so much for your time. Have a wonderful day, and we'll chat soon.